Welcome to Faith of Our Fathers. Today, we travel back in time 60 years to Percy Crawford's memorial service. The speaker is Billy Graham. Percy Crawford passed away on October 31st, 1960. We've come here this afternoon to pay tribute to a giant in the faith that has fallen. As David said concerning the death of Saul and Jonathan at Gilboa, how are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle? Percy Crawford was in the midst of battle on his way to preach. The words commemorating Sir Christopher Wren at St. Paul's Cathedral come to mind at the moment. If you seek a memorial to Sir Christopher Wren, look around you. Because Sir Christopher Wren designed and built St. Paul's. If you want a memorial to Percy Crawford, look around you. King's College, that is destined, in my opinion, to be one of the great Christian training centers of this and future generations. Pinebrook, where so many hundreds and thousands of young lives have been touched and people are now around the world who are led to Christ and dedicated their life to Christ at Pinebrook. I've met them on the mission field. When I was a student at Wheaton College, there were dozens of them in the college. Young People's Church of the Air, the first time I ever heard of Percy Crawford, I listened to the radio before I was ever converted and heard about this young Philadelphia preacher on the radio. Youth on the March, Pinebrook Bookstore, Bible Clubs, Fisherman's Clubs, Youthorama. And out of the, this vision and out of these organizations, sprang many ideas and visions that are being used around the world to proclaim and communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. I remember the first time that I ever saw Percy Crawford. I was a student at Wheaton College. It had not been announced that he was to be the speaker that day. And I remember that as we sat there, and like all students, we attempted sometimes if the minister of the occasion is a bit dull to think of other things or look at our girlfriend, and I happen to have one there. And I remember when Percy and Ruth and the quartet came on the platform, there was an electricity that filled the entire chapel. Immediately there was an expectancy created by the personality and by the life of this man who was already famous throughout the nation. And then I remember the first time he invited me to Pinebrook. I think it was in 47, I'm not sure. It was either 46, 47, or 48. And I remember how excited I was and how afraid I was and how nervous I was to stand and preach in front of Percy Crawford. And how encouraging he was all week long. He would say little things to encourage you. And then I remember I stood around on the last day wondering if he would invite me back next year. 
And he did, and we went. And one of the first times that Cliff Barrows and I were ever together was at Pinebrook. And that was the partial, at least, beginning of the warm friendship and relationship and association with Cliff Barrows. Percy Crawford was one of the most unusual men I ever met. I think that you were right when you said that he could communicate the gospel to young people as few men I've ever known. In fact, I don't know anybody that could communicate in so short a time the gospel of Christ as Percy Crawford. There was something about him. He could grip a person. There are many things that I would like to say, but I think such gifts as he had would have brought him fame in any profession he could have chosen. Any man that has the qualities that he had was destined for greatness. This is the day the Lord hath made. There are five days that I want to talk about this afternoon. First, there is the day of life. He was the son of a blacksmith. And his father made him go to church every Sunday. And if he wasn't in church, Percy used to like to tell about how his father would use a whip and how he rebelled against it. He became bitter. He had never been converted. He had never been born again. And no parent, no parent can make his child inherit the gospel. We are not saved by flesh and blood. You cannot inherit it. We are born dead in trespasses and in sins. We are dead toward God. And you may have the finest Christian environment and the finest Christian home and still know nothing about the Savior that your parents know. Dead in sins and in trespasses. And Percy reared in the finest Christian environment, the finest home, where Christ was honored, where they went to church, where they believed in God, rebelled against it all. But his parents didn't know it. Because he went to church in obedience, but in his young heart there was hardness and rebellion. But we have the promise of Scripture that if you rear your children according to the word and according to the faith, when they're old, they will not depart. And as surely as I stand here, that child that is reared according to the Scriptures, here a bit little, there a little, that child may wonder a bit in later adolescence, but they always return. This is the faith and this is the promise. He was reared in a Christian home. And one day he was in Los Angeles. And he went to church because he was staying at the Bible school. He couldn't find anywhere else to stay. So he went to the Church of the Open Door at the service and Willie Nicholson was preaching. Now maybe many, most of you don't know Willie Nicholson. But if ever there was a blood and thunder preacher, it was Willie Nicholson. I could tell you stories by the hour about this Irish preacher. He's a legend. He even preached at Cambridge. 
University, they had him there sort of as a show and turned the whole university upside down and the effects of Willie Nicholson are felt today. The Archbishop of Sydney, Australia, the third highest office in the whole Anglican world was converted to Christ under Willie Nicholson at Cambridge. Willie Nicholson could preach every night for a solid month on hell. And in my opinion, we need him again. And Percy Crawford went to hear him preach. And he came under the searchlight of the Word of God as God used this servant. And Percy Crawford was born again. He received God's own life. In him was life. And this is what the world is looking for today. I've just come from France. And the headlines of all the newspapers are filled with the doings of Bridget Bardot. Here is a girl that has money, popularity, beauty, everything, so empty at 26 that she tries to commit suicide. What is she looking for? Life. She didn't find that life in beauty. She hasn't found it in sex. She hasn't found it in money. She hasn't found it in popularity. She hasn't found it in fame. So she says, I'm going to end it all. Why? Because that life is found only at the cross. Where our Lord Jesus Christ died and shed his blood for our sins, there is life. And he is willing to impart his very life to our dead souls so that we live a life with a capital L, so that not only are we guaranteed of heaven, but we have heaven here and now. Life, L-I-F-E, that the world is searching for, we have here and now. At Sandhurst in England, which is the west point of Britain, in one of the rooms it says this, in memory of a cadet that passed from life to life. Percy Crawford had life here, but he has it even more abundantly there. Percy Crawford is not dead. Percy Crawford has just changed his address. And he now has a mansion on Redemption Avenue. And someday he will be rejoined by his family. And Dr. Stover turned to me a moment ago and he said, don't you think that Percy can see this scene right now? I most certainly think there's every evidence in the scriptures that he can. That we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses and that they can see, and that they know, and are more alive at this moment than any hour that Percy ever stood on this platform and preached the gospel. All made possible by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our blessed Lord. I want to ask you today, do you know that life? Has there come a moment in your life when you have received Christ? Have you become a partaker of God's life, this everlasting life, from everlasting to everlasting? You shall never die. Life, do you have it?
This is the day the Lord hath made. What a day that was when Percy Crawford walked down an aisle and said yes to Jesus Christ. Willie Nicholson or anyone else in that audience could have never dreamed all that was going to come from this young lad. We never know the value of one soul. It's worth any amount of money to win one man to Jesus Christ because you never know but what a, a nation may be changed through that man. Secondly, there is the day of opportunity. This is the day the Lord hath made. I believe that God raised up Percy Crawford for his day, his hour, and his generation. Paul said the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us go therefore and cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Percy Crawford lived in an age of change. He lived in an age of revolution and war. When the emphasis was on youth, and he made the most of it, back in the 30s when the churches were empty, when no one could reach young people, nobody could communicate with the depression age youth, filled with their skepticism and cynicism, filled with all the philosophies then that were so atheistic and agnostic, God gave to him a vision, an opportunity, an open door, and he walked in it. The day of opportunity demands the day of service. He lived in a period in which he lived to see the change from a spiritual drought to a mighty spiritual awakening, in which once again the churches began to fill up. Once again the great auditoriums and stadiums were filled with people listening to the gospel. We have been living in the past 15 years in a period of spiritual awakening, a harvest time. It's been rather easy to get people to come to Christ in the past 15 years. And I believe that one of the great contributing factors across America of my own ministry was the ministry of Percy Crawford who prepared the way, along with others of his generation. But harvest time is brief. All harvests are brief. I believe that I sense and detect right now a change of mood in the United States. I believe it's harvest time today in Germany. I believe it's harvest time today in France. I believe it's harvest time in some other countries, but I think the harvest in America could easily be passing. And if you wait too long to come to Christ, you may not have that opportunity because you cannot come unless the Holy Spirit draws you. He that hardeneth his heart, being often reproved, shall suddenly be cut off, and that without remedy. Take advantage of the opportunity today. Don't wait till tonight or tomorrow. Come today and give your life to Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and receive him. Let him change your life. While there's time. This is harvest time. And harvest is brief. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. America is changing. The America that you and I have known where Christianity is so popular 
and where it's so popular to be a Christian is changing rapidly and forces are beginning to gather that mean that we that love the Lord, I believe, within a relatively short time are going to start suffering for our faith. That day is on the way. This has been a glorious day to be alive. This has been a glorious period in which Percy Crawford has lived and participated in and contributed so much to. Now a new phase is coming. It will present its own opportunities, its own responsibilities, its own challenges. It will take new men and new, new women that God will raise up. Perhaps out of this audience, out of this family. This is the day the Lord hath made. Thirdly, I could not mention a day in his life without the day of his marriage. Twenty-nine years ago. He who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. God gave him his root. And I heard him say with, his, with my own ears, he could have not done his work without her. You can't think of Percy without Ruth. Ruth at the piano. Ruth at his side, always with a smile, with patience. What patience? Up at Pine Brook, I've seen them with those hundreds of kids. I would go out of my mind. <laughs> with such patience. And in a day when so many marriages are breaking up, In a day, in so many temptations, God gave an ideal marriage that honored the Lord Jesus Christ. And that in itself has been a mighty witness as they have worked together to rear a family for Christ. What an example they have set. When he found Ruth Crawford, I believe that marriage was performed in heaven. That was the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in the testimony God gave them together for 29 years. Fourthly, there is the day of death. And let us rejoice in his death, for that too is the day the Lord hath made. The scripture says it is appointed. It is appointed unto man once to die. The day of your death, if Christ should tarry, is already appointed. The hour, the minute, the second is already on the bulletin board in heaven. It is appointed. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Psalm 89 says, what man is so strong that he shall live and not see death? The scripture says that our life is a tale that is told. It is a weaver's shuttle, a flower that fades, a grass that withers. Our hearts, those stout and brave, said Longfellow, still like muffled drums a beating funeral marches to the grave. 
in the book of Samuel, there is but a step between me and death. Aristotle said, death is the most feared of all things. And God said to Hezekiah, set thine house in order, thou shalt die and not live. He said through Amos, prepare to meet thy God. I tell you, every one of us shall die should Christ tarry. Caesar Borgia said in his last moments of life, I have prepared in the course of my life for everything except death. And now, alas, I am to die wholly unprepared. If a man dies, shall he live again? Yes. Every person alive today shall live again, either in heaven or hell. The moment you die, into eternity you go, more alive and conscious and sensitive, with your full faculties and personality. Hell is described by Jesus himself as a place of fire and death and darkness. Separation from God. to face God's wrath and judgment. To the believer, death is described as sleep. Jesus said concerning Lazarus, he's not dead, he's sleeping. It's described as an exodus, the going out. Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered up and the time of my departure is at hand. And literally, that should have been translated like the time for the sailing of the ship. That's what he meant. Putting out to sea to a new land where there is no more curse and no more sin and no more death and no more sorrow and no more tears and no more aches and pains. You know, in a way, I almost envy Percy because I tell you with all my heart, I look forward to dying. I really do. Sometimes, as he must have felt a thousand times, the responsibilities and the pressures are unbearable. I feel sometimes that, Lord, release me, call me home. How wonderful it is to look forward to it, to be on a plane with an engine on fire. Tense, natural self-preservation. But knowing that in a few moments you may be in the presence of Christ and a great peace that sweeps you. What a glorious life. Senator Newberger when he, from Oregon, when he found that he had cancer, said this. No man is prepared to live until he's prepared to die. Are you ready to die? Are you sure? Could you say with Percy Crawford, I know in whom I believe? Could you say with Percy Crawford these things? I write unto you that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Do you know it? Think of stepping on shore, said the poet. Think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven and taking hold of a hand and feeling it God's hand. 
of breathing a new air and finding it celestial air, of feeling invigorated and finding it immortality, of passing from storm and tempest to an unbroken calm and looking up and finding it home. Percy Crawford is home. And tonight he'll dine at Jesus' table. Wouldn't you like to be there? And have dinner tonight in heaven? Are you ready? Is that your hope in an age of hopelessness and confusion? It could be yours. The last word that I have is a day of revelation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 to 10, the scripture says, And to you who are troubled, to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, the hope of every true child of God is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I travel around the world, and see the confusion of our leaders and the dilemma that the world faces at this hour. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no hope for our world. None! Except the return of Christ when he shall set up his kingdom And then there will be the resurrection. He's going to come in the air. We're going to be caught to meet him in the air. And that could be, in my opinion, at any time. I believe in the imminent return of our Lord. And I believe that the events that are taking place are the shuffling of the stage in preparation for that glorious event when Christ shall take his rightful place as King of kings and Lord of lords. I have in my study at home the bound copies of Revelation, the magazine Revelation and Eternity from the first day it began in 1931, straight through. Donald Gray Barnhouse went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And I've been reading some of his prophecies some of the things that he dug out of the scriptures in 1931 and 32 and 33. And did you know they're coming to pass today? And where did he get them from the scriptures? The day of revelation. Parkasia, he will come in person. Epiphania, appearing a star that has been hidden and suddenly revealed. Revelation! Then let's go back to our text. I want you to look at it because this is thrilling to me. The stone which the builders refused to be is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the psalm that they would sing, the old Jews used to sing at Passover. They still do. At Passover, 
they would sing this song. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And on the night that our Lord was in the upper room, just before Gethsemane and Calvary, this is the psalm they sang that night. This is the day the Lord hath made. What do they mean? There's indication, and I don't have time to go into it now, but there are other indications in Scripture that this is what we are going to sing on resurrection morning. This is the psalm we are going to sing to each other and say to each other as we are going up. Percy and Ruth will be reunited, and Percy will say to Ruth, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day. The Lord hath made all those years of struggling with radio and television and traveling across the country and the tiredness and the struggle and the trials and the tribulations are nothing to be compared with the glory that is ours now and this is the day for which all those days were made. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, this is a time of rejoicing. How glorious this hope and this faith that we have that has been imparted to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray? Every head bowed and every eye closed. It was Percy's request that an opportunity be given anyone here at his memorial service to receive Christ. Spirit of the living God, bring these from life to life. Bring them to a knowledge of thyself as a further evidence and the first fruits of those many that are going to be one in days to come through the ministry that continues. We pray thy blessing upon this family be thou so ever near to them. Bless these men that he has left behind to carry on this work in the various enterprises. Especially do we pray for King's College, that thou would undergird and lead and direct and pour out thy blessing. All of these things we pray in Christ's name. And I want Ruth Crawford and the family and all of you to know that my heart and my prayers and my hands are with you. I love this man, respected him, and thank God for his ministry and friendship. Now let us carry on that which he has begun. been listening to Billy Graham speaking at Percy Crawford's memorial service. Listen to Faith of Our Fathers each Saturday and Sunday to hear more great 20th century preachers.